Welcome to the X29 Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Metters. One of the goals of the X29 Podcast is we want to introduce you to church planners and stories all around the world about how God's at work and how God's mercy is made known and how people come to know him and how churches get planted and how pastors are formed and how multiplying churches are birthed as well. And on today's show, I have my friend Eduardo Ferguson from Rio Hacha, Colombia. Eduardo, ¿cómo estás, señor? Um, muy bien. Doing well, Jeff. Thank you for having me here. Oh, man, I thought we were going to do the whole show in Espanol. Oh, we can try that. Sí, podemos hablar. Sí, es, es verdad. <laughs> um, yo soy... Yeah, I'm right. I don't even... I'm, my, my Spanish is so bad. Um, if, if my mother ever listens, you know, who, she's from Mexico City. My, my Spanish is not very strong. But Eduardo, you're, you're a pastor in Rio Hacha, Colombia. Um, yes. It's, it's a joy to, to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, we've been in... Uh, uh, the church started seven years ago. That okay. was uh, when we started the church. Uh, a little bit of, of background. We, uh, well, the the reason we planted the church, it was actually that uh, there's a lot of churches in my area. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, more of a charismatic kind of thing. It's, okay. it, it's uh, but thinking about the prosperity gospel and all of these things are really widespread in Latin America. So we were at this church and we started to have. Uh, we started to get to know a little bit more about the gospel and about uh, uh, what is important in church. Uh, and we started to have some differences with what was going on there regarding doctrine. So uh, uh, it was just, uh, you know, uh, me and 10 more people with the same kind of uh, thinking and all this. And we didn't have another place to go at the time. So we say, okay, we need to, we need to start gathering together and study God's word. Um, but I have the blessing that after a month of us doing that, I was able to 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 go to to a seminary, which was really really helpful. So it was uh, me and my fellow pastor. We were leading. Uh, we were the leaders of this uh, congregation who was uh, started. And when I went to seminary, I was able to you know really get to learn a lot about uh, how to, the doctrine of the church and all the things you need to right. to go through that. It was really really important, and that's how we started. But one of the 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 blessings of it is that from the beginning, the Lord put in our hearts that desire of, of planting, planting churches. So we were a three-year-old church uh, when some people from another city, three hours from where we live, they saw our names in the Gospel Coalition in Spanish oh, wow. directory, okay. and they contacted us like, hey, guys, uh, we are learning, we, we want to, but we are not able to find uh, a church here. So uh, you have us there, a small church with a desire to do something there. So we say, okay, let's start going there. So it was like a three-hour trip that wow. we started to make it every Sunday, and that, that was hard. But we started to doing that, to do that, and we start preaching there, and and, and you know, and uh, then when it, it started to grow and everything, and a church was planned. I mean, looking back, I there's some things that I'll do different because we are so <laughs> inexperienced regarding that, but. You know, we saw the need, and, and we, we have to do something about it, you know? And, bro, after, uh, you know, four years, uh, by the end of 2019, we were able to ordain their first pastor. Wow. It was somebody who was, you know, from the church. So, 
and, and that's where I learned that you don't have to have all the resources and all the strategies, although that's helpful, yeah, yeah. to plant a church. So, so yeah, uh, but a little bit about our, our context in our region, in the coast of, of Colombia. It's, okay, you have some nominal Christianity. You have some Roman Catholicism. You had a lot of prosperity gospel going on. So some of the testimonies that you get is like, uh, I've been going to this church for six years, but this is the first time that I heard the gospel and, mm. and people get converted. So you, you hear uh, things like that. People sometimes frustrate you like, okay, I, I feel like I, I was being... Uh, deceived for so many years, but I get to know that. So, and I think that's like the greatest need in, in Latin America because the, the, although we love our Pentecostal and charismatic brothers, and, and there's a lot of faithful ones and, and good churches, we don't have that mentality that only us and all that. Right, right. But at the same time, we recognize that it's a lot of, of those issues. So that's what we are praying and trying to address uh but yeah and we have the privilege at the beginning of 2020 to have you in our to have you yeah. in our church jeff yeah it was so much fun to uh you and i we met at the global gathering yes uh what city was that in do you remember was it miami or that nashville was in, i think it was in orlando orlando actually. okay that's right yeah. yeah it was so much fun to meet you and um and and connect and i remember you asked said hey i'd love to bring you to columbia yeah. and i said well let's do it like let's make it happen man just yes, email me yes. let's do it and you know, you get those requests sometimes. Like, hey, I'd love to do ministry. Hey, totally email me. And people don't email, so that's fine. Uh, but you emailed and said, well, let's do this. Like, I'd love to come. So it was so much fun to be in Columbia, to fly from Houston. Uh, then I think I landed in, where would I have landed? In Maybe Bogota? Yeah, Bogota. Yep. Yeah, so landed in Bogota and then took a really small plane from Bogota to Rio Hacha. And I think it definitely wins the award for the quickest airport yeah. I've ever been in. Just you're in and out. I mean, it's like off the plane, I was in the parking lot. Oh, almost. I mean, it's that fast. Yeah, and in five minutes, you were, <laughs> you were in the hotel. I mean, so. Yeah. It was so much fun uh, eating the arepas on the side of the street. These So for people that don't know what a arepa is, break it down for us. Well, it's just a corn uh, kind of a... Well, it's hard to explain in English, huh? Never have that issue before with arepas. But yeah, it's something that you have with corn. There's some other Latin American country that they have that. They call it pupusas in El Salvador yeah. and in some other places. But it's this delicious thing made with uh, this corn flour Man. and with cheese. Did you bring any? Oh, no. no. Sorry. But They're so delicious, good. man. Time, and yeah. the best was the lady cooking them on the street corner <laughs> with, ha right. with like half a barrel, a barrel cut in half grill. Yes, yes. And on, there was a banana leaves she was using. Yes. Too. Oh, they were amazing. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd never been uh, to South America. And mm -hmm. so to be in Colombia, I mean, you see different images and pictures and stuff. But your context, I was in three other cities. Yeah. Also, I was in Colombia. Uh, Barranquilla is probably yes. the larger of the three. Um, it was also a be really beautiful place, but it's very different from Rio Hacha. Yes. Um, so I guess tell us, cast for the listeners, what, what your city's like. It's more, would you say it's more rural, more, um, it's definitely not, a, it's definitely not like inner city. It's not urban, but yeah. you had a large mall you had, but there were also a lot of donkeys. I mean, it, it was a unique, you know, blend yes. of these things. Yes. Well, uh, well, it's, it's an interesting thing to, to explain, but, uh, uh, our city, I don't want to say this, it kind of needs more development, you know. Uh, we have some issues with uh, with our governments and corruption and all that. Uh, to give you an example, in the last, uh, let's say, six years, we had like 13 mayors. Oh, boy. 
you know, so how did that happen? Because you have one mayor and they get destituted because some act of corruption and they put another one. In it. I mean, it was right. crazy. So it doesn't give a stability to your to your place. So you had a lot of corruption, a lot of things like that. Uh, another thing in our context is we we have one of the most uh, one of the bigger uh, like tribes in the country called the Wayu. Okay. So we have uh, they have their their own language, kind of their own culture uh, uh, going on there. Uh, and another thing that is going on in our context is that we're pretty close to the Venezuelan border, so we have a lot of uh, Venezuelan, uh, so uh, Venezuelans going and coming and going. So that's also something that, as a church, we are always trying to address, like praying and and like looking for practical ways to kind of meet their needs. You know, and sometimes it's hard because there's so much you can do. You know, but uh, we have some families in our church that we have been trying to help and get. Trying to give them a like a start, you know, when you go to another country, uh, wanting to, you know, just to survive and and all that. So that's a little bit of our of our context there in in Riwacha. So Riwacha has like a three hundred thousand people. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and it's like that. We don't have like you know in some in some cities you have like you know like a nice like the nice neighborhoods and like the bad neighborhoods. So it, it's funny because we don't have like a nice. Kind of well, you have you have a nice house here and there, you know, but it's, they're not all in the same. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like that, and and of course you have you know bad uh, neighborhoods on the, the outside. So that's that's a little bit about the how how it is to to be there. But sometimes it's hard because there's not a lot of you know if you're a, a young professional and you want to kind of uh, you know grow in your career and all that. That's actually not a good place for yeah. that. So. Sometimes we have people that, hey, I have to leave, and we totally understand that. But at the same time, you know, we try to, to, to love and encourage for the for the people that that we have there. So sometimes that is tough, you know. Some when your members are, some, you know, struggle to find jobs and and all that. So yeah, in some in in those respects, sometimes it's a it's a hard uh, it's a hard place you can yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess like with the. How does that affect like the church? And so your church's name is uh, Vida and Supalabra, mm-hmm. uh, Life in His Word. His word. Um, I guess let's, let's let's talk about that for a second. How did you come with the name? You know, every church planner, you you think about your names, yeah, um, and and you you wrestle with name and you like this, you like that, and you yeah. put up different logos, and it's just important, you know. You you it communi- you communicate a lot with your church's name, yeah. and so how did you guys land on life well, in, life the, in your the word? The process was funny because what we did like. We can you can call it like the core team. We were we were like you know fourteen, fifteen people like that we started. And we decided everybody would just put a name like in a in a piece of paper, and then we're gonna choose. And I don't want to brag about it, but mine won. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I really I really think that that was like a reflection that what what we wanted to be, you know, because a lot of time you 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 see the name Bible Church or or whatever, but it's just a name. We we really wanted for that to be like the. The thing that drive us and everything we do, we want to be people of the world as we are. So, and we and we use our name in that way in everything we do. Yeah, we we want every aspect of our life being shaped by the word of God. So that that's how we do it, and everybody vote, and my name won. <laughs> nice, congratulations, Eduardo. Thank you, thank you. I think that's the only election I I fight ever <laughs> won. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with the uh, economy and, and the makeup of Rio Hacha, I guess how has that affected 
the church and the church plant and, and leaders and growth and in ways as you're looking to develop and grow as a church? Well, uh, one of the, one of the, the things that was really difficult for us for many years was regarding like, you want to be a full-time pastor yeah. because you have, you know, uh, you want to work for the church, but for, for many years we weren't able to, to do that. So for me, uh, can you say, I, I, I work, uh, doing some translation with different ministries, uh, as you know, we are, uh, you know, that's kind of the thing that the, the Lord has given me to, to do. Yeah. And my fellow pastor, he was uh, uh, like a high school teacher. He was, uh, worked. so that was a really, um, it was really difficult because you always have like this, okay, I need to do more so for, for the church to keep development and growing. But at the same time, you have so much time and you have your family that you yeah. have to feed. So you have this, you know, you are between a rock and a hard place regarding that. But man, uh, 20, uh, 2021, I mean, this year, man, we pray about it. We make an effort about it and say, okay, we're going to have a full-time pastor this year. And it's crazy coming from a pandemic. We decided to make that step in faith. So my fellow pastor is now a, a full-time pastor, which is great. But what a, the reason I'm sharing this with you is that you can see that uh, because our, our, our church doesn't have, you know, the resources to do that, uh, it affects the way that the church develops. But I know that in some other places it's harder. Some in some other places people have to do some other yeah. things. But at the same time, to try to to be free to to serve the ministry and to serve the church. So that's one of the ways that sometimes you uh, hinder a little bit what you're trying to do for the church. But we praise God that now we're able to do it, and we are, and we hope. And and I want to mention that uh, one of the things that have been a real, real blessing for us is, is, you know, the, the churches that's, that, that partner with us from Acts 29. Yeah. It's like, uh, for example, you coming and, and preach to us, we have some other brothers who have come, have, have, you know, just being with us and, and, and preaching to others. Uh, we have some other churches. I want to, uh, shout out, uh, to Travis from history church. Yeah. Uh, their friends, they're always asking how guys, how can we help? How can we, uh, be there for you. We, we, so one of the things that I love about our network, that's we really are caring for each other. We're really uh, trying to help when it's needed. And, and you know, and, and that is making a, a huge difference uh, with us. So being part of After Night has been a, a, such a blessing for us because it's it's not just like, you know, resources and that's it. It's, just, it's like the friendship. It's, yeah. it's seeing uh, you're not alone in this because sometimes it can be tough regarding the places we are in. So we really appreciate uh, that about, about X29. And, and yeah, I want to say that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I so agree with you. I, I think the brotherhood and the fellowship and the friendship that comes with X29 is one of, I mean, many, there are many great things built being part of X29, but I think the brotherhood that the family aspect is a real benefit. Uh, it's just a, a real thing that's so tangible, so valuable. And so to, like to be with your church and to meet people there and to, and to know like, man, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and also like, we're part of the same church family, um, here in, in X29 as well. Yeah. And it was just so, so much fun to be there. And your church was hungry for God's word. Yeah. And I want to say also, Jeff, before I forgot last year, you know, 2020 was a challenging year. Yeah. You keep hearing that, I guess. <laughs> but it, it was really challenging for us also in our finances. I mean, there was a month in, in the year where we're like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen next month. So, because it really impacted the church and regarding their works and, and, and everything that was their jobs and everything that was going on. But some of the churches actually in the church, they step up and say, okay, we're going to help you guys go through the, through this year. 
so and that was such a blessing and then i was uh, yeah and i was reminded of that uh there this is, is the brother kevin anderson in, in gainesville uh, in florida there is james Rowell in in in, in, in georgia from Narcos Renation, all those guys, uh, they came up together and said, we want to help you guys in the churches in Barranquilla wow. and Santa Marta and Riwacha, they're in Colombia, and want to help help you guys go into this year. So it, it was such a such a blessing to see and how the Lord is, is blessing. And it's, you know, I have a friend who have the saying, it's more that we can, it's more that we can do together. That's right. Than apart. So that's, that's great. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been so, so struck by with, with your ministry is that you obviously you and your church both, and also the the other guys in Colombia and Santa Marta, and also in Barranquilla, the, a great passion for theology mm-hmm. and for instructing uh, God's word, um, for instructing people in sound doctrine. And so, I guess, what is like the theological landscape like there? Because I know, obviously, to be in, in Acts twenty nine, you have, you know, we're reformed in our soteriology and our doctrines of salvation, um, doctrines of grace, and so, like, how did you? come to those because i'm guessing that's not a common yeah. thing there in Colombia. i know that sometimes it can be very kind of like in the united states it can be kind of contentious yeah here around those doctrines but i also heard it could be like that in Colombia too so what, what's the theological landscape like there and i guess wh- why are you so passionate about sound doctrine well uh with the beginning of the where the internet era let's say in that way i remember in 2008 you know i grew up in a christian home I mean, I was going to church every Sunday. I, I didn't want it to go, but my dad made sure that I <laughs> that I was there every Sunday. And I started even to, you know, since I was growing up, I, I learned to play the guitar. Uh, one of the biggest church in our city, they asked me to be their guitar player. I was so excited. And But at the same time, and you know, I knew the verses. I knew the Bible. I, 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 I can talk the talk, you know. But I I didn't have any desire for holiness and for piety or any of that. But I remember my dad showing me this sermon. I don't know if maybe you heard about this. Like a, a it's from Paul Washer yeah. called the the shocking youth message, and that thing rocked my world. You know, it's like I think that's the first presentation of the actual gospel that I had in my life, wow. it, it, and it really was life changer. Because after that, I started to to have this. I think that the Lord used that for my conversion, actually. So I started to grow in this desire to, to learn more. I remember that he, in a tweet many, many years ago, he put, hey, you guys have to read a Wayne's Grudem Systematic Theology. And I, when he said that, he middle bought it and, and read most of it, read most of it. And, and that's how I get, a, you know, to start really passionate about, about this because uh, that was the first time. And I, you know, all my life has been going to church. It's the first time I'm hearing and, and knowing about these things. And like, uh, in the theological landscape, as you said, that we have now, it's more like this. Uh, how do you say, like therapeutic deism and something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, moralistic I mean, therapeutic deism. That's right. The way I summarize the way the most preaching is right now in our country is this: you have to behave so God can bless you. Mm. That's pretty much sum up every sermon. You have to behave, and God will bless you. So, you know, no cries, no nothing. It's just about to have things, to get things. And uh, and that really puts a, a burden on you regarding uh, for people to get to hear sound doctrine. But I have to confess, Jeff, uh, at the beginning of that, we weren't the, the most gentle kind of guys. We we have our stage cage face, yeah. too. <laughs> and then still we have some of that. And, and, here, and in our country... Uh, you know, we have some reformed people that can be a little bit too harsh and all that. 
But what, that's one of the things that I also learned uh, hanging with you guys and, and, and seeing that, that, that you can, uh, it, you know, have this love for these profound, important doctrinal truths, but at the same time being, you know, caring and, and, and loving and, you know, has dance book and, and being gentle and lowly and, and all that. So, so yeah, that's, that's the reason we have this like desire for, for the people in our country have like sound, being exposed to sound theological teaching because we don't have a lot of that, you know? So you can, you, sometimes you meet Christians, they've been like Christians for 20 years, but they don't know the most basic mm. uh, truths of the gospel of God of the Bible, and uh, and that's was one of the reasons we're always trying to you know start and and that's and Juan is doing a great job in Barranquilla. He have this seminary for yeah. free with people from some all over the country and even from other parts of the world studying with him. And we try to do that in our church to have a, a little seminary there and have to people from some other communities to go there and, and learn and. Yeah, it's like when you when you went there, as you remember, it was not only people from our church, but yeah. we invited people yep. from other from other churches and even some pastors. If you remember, we have a gathering with a handful of of pastors there to to listen to the five solos and all yeah. that. Yeah, that was a wonderful night going through those five solos. A packed room, so fun. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's why we understand that because and it's it's more like these truths they were really so, so sweet for us. And we want to share that with others so they can enjoy and see this, this God who is sovereign, who is glorious, who really, you know, the God of the Bible, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. As you think about uh, the church and and where things are, where things are headed, uh, what are some of the things that God's put on your heart that you just, you would love to see there and uh, Vida and Supalabra and also in Rio Hacha and and then the coming years that, you know, you're praying that God would do. Oh well, that's well. That's that's a good one, Jeff. Uh, uh, one of the things that I would love for for God to do is uh, allow us to uh, first getting back to where we were regarding this pandemic thing. Right. This is kind of a slowing us a little because in our city right now the restrictions are back, so you you have like a rhythm in your church life, you know. So it, it gets to people. We have we still have some people that are really afraid of this and. Uh, so we expect the first thing we expect is that for this to to go away quickly. So and, and all the the steps that are required for that to happen, like you know vaccines and all that to happen quickly, we're praying for that. We're praying so we have to we're able to have that rhythm again of of community of of life. We are trying to you know to develop that as we speak. So that's that's just our prayer that that we are able just to you know to grow as a community to to be able to have a, a a more a more like impact in our in our community regarding all the things all these things that I was saying in serving uh the Venezuelans uh serving the people that are that are wanted to to learn more about the world and uh, and, and that's her prayer that uh that the Lord uh give us the ability to continue to do that and, and to see a real revival and awakening in in our city and in Riwachang in the next of the coast of Colombia there's so much to do there's some much hungry hunger for the world that that we're seeing around and and yeah we want to be there to to be participants of what god is doing yeah hey man bro i i remember being there and it seemed like um you juan um and then the guy in santa marta edison yeah edison that y'all had a great fellowship 
mm-hmm. and in friendship with each other. And so how did that start? What was y'all's d- dynamic like? Because I know your cities, they're not close to, yeah. to each other. They're a few hours from, from each one. But it seems like you guys meet pretty regularly to encourage each other. Uh, how, how does that look? Well, yeah. Uh, well, I, I've met Edison years ago, uh, their brother in some in some conference, I think. And then I met Juan actually uh, doing some translation in Santa Marta. Uh, so uh, I, I was already in the process of to be a, a, an X-29 member. I was actually the, the first Colombian to, to take that step, which is um, I'm glad I did. Such a blessing. And, and then I, I, I talked to them about X-29. Hey, guys, you have to get to know this. This is so encouraging and they started the process i was able to even to be there for their assessments so that was that was cool and and we are trying we're always trying to develop that because as you say i mean santa marta is like two hours from where i am and but it's like four hours from where i am and so, uh, it, it's hard sometimes to to be around but yeah we try to to have these meetings to call each other to to see how we are and we have always learning about how that is so important for you as a pastor. Although I have my, you know, my fellow elder, which I, you know, met with him every week and we talk to have some other people like with the same kind of experience to say, how, how are you do, dealing with this? How are you doing that? And, and, and share with each other. That that's, has been a, a re- really uh, such a blessing. And I think we have to take advantage of that. Uh, because you to, to to have those kind of friendships and to open about the struggles and the and the even the victories in ministry, you know, and being able to, to just pour your heart and have the, the words of encouraging and prayer and all that. So so yeah, we, we try to stay close together and to be participants of, of the of our churches and, and so yeah, I, I we just think that it's it's so so great to have that. Because I know there's some pastors in some, you know, parts of the country or even in other countries that they really feel alone. Yeah. And and that's tough. And so to have somebody to talk with is, is such a blessing. It's a gift from the Lord, our yeah. brothers. Yeah. That's what I love about X twenty nine. Then you know, starting I know in the in the United States, like really starting to encourage having different small groups and like cohorts mm-hmm. um, and things together to to really encourage and just exhort each other in the ministry because it is tough. And, and we want to see each other make it you know, to the long haul and to keep serving Christ in, in the variety of ways that we do um, here in our churches in, in Acts 29. Well, Eduardo, as we come to the to the end, I, I ask these final three questions of, of every guest on the show. Okay. And so thank you for coming on today. It's just great to hear and for listeners to hear about ministry in Columbia and, and Rio Hacha and, and what God's done there and, uh, and life in his word. Okay. First question. Okay. A great book you've read recently that you would want to recommend. You're a big reader. I know you're you're a big theology guy. You do a lot of translation work for guys, so I, I knew this would be an easy one. It might be you want to recommend like 20 books probably, <laughs> but uh, you can recommend. I'll let you recommend up to maximum three books okay. if, if you can. Okay. Well, I know that you've maybe even talked about uh, this in the show already, but I have to talk about Gently and Lowly because I just uh, finished that recently, and I'm sharing now that with the church. And it was such a blessing to see that, uh, how they explain about the heart of Jesus and yeah. all that. It's, it's really, it's, it's something so sweet to be able just to, to, to enjoy that and, and to share that with others. And, and we are actually doing this in our prayer meetings right now. And that really gets, those drive you to prayer because that, that drives you to get closer to the Lord. So, yeah, if you haven't read it and you're missing something important there, so go grab a copy of that one. I was, uh, oh, I was reading this book about the 
the Holy Spirit uh, called more. Okay. I, and I don't remember his name. He's Simon something. I'm sorry. And I just finished that recently also. But, but I, I was really blessed by that reading uh, because he's more, I think he's more like an Anglican. And he can quote John Piper, but actually quote like a monk from. Okay. <laughs> so that combination was really good. And uh, yeah, we'll yeah we can put it yeah, in the description. I'll find it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes yeah. if I find so, it. Yeah, so yeah, that's the couple of, of books that I that I have in my mind right now. But because you know, as as pastor, some you know, you're always reading this commentary, reading all this and that, and, and some other things uh, going on. But that's what I have in my like fresh in my mind yeah. right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, go to order in a coffee shop. Well, let's talk about there's two different kinds of coffee shops. Yeah. Um, you've got ones here at like a conference. Okay. And then you've got your home coffee shop. You know, we got a travel coffee shop, a home coffee shop. So what's your travel coffee shop order here in the United States? What have you, have you ordered anything? Huh. I, I got to be, be honest with you with that, Jeff. Uh, I'm a kind of a black coffee kind of guy. Okay. No sugar. You know, as a good Colombian. <laughs> so when I'm here, I'm always amazed with your, you know, with your choices of coffee and all that Starbucks has to offer. I'm like, what is this? So yeah, I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have a favorite drink regarding that. But at home, I'm gonna tell you my at home. Uh, we have a Juan Valdez, and so they do good coffee, and they have this Nevado, which is uh, like a, a nice. Yeah. Uh, how do you des- what would you describe uh, it's, it's almost like a frappuccino at Starbucks <laughs> but better exactly but I think it's so much better I, I got addicted to Nevada's <laughs> while I was there so yeah that's a go to yeah that's great and you know I have to say our Colombian coffee is just the best man it's that's the way it is. That's the way it is. You know, I actually have a bag of Colombian coffee at my house awesome. um, that I ordered. It's just delicious. But, okay, I didn't realize that Juan Valdez isn't a real guy. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a brand. Yeah. I, fe- I felt lied to, <laughs> like, my whole life. So you already think there was a guy with a donkey walking around with some coffee? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro, when I was there yeah. in Riojacha, there was donkeys everywhere, <laughs> hauling trash and oh, moving bro. stuff. And so, yeah. of course, I would have thought there'd be a guy with totally. coffee bags. Well, that's the power of branding, man. <laughs> Marketing. They, they crushed it. Like, he's like Colonel Sanders. But I think Colonel Sanders is a real yeah, guy. Yeah, that Kentucky was a real chicken. guy. I think so. So he's not even as good as Colonel Sanders. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I got problems with Well, him. he compensated that with his coffee, though. That's right. That's right. Okay. Last question. Final question. And my favorite question of all. Um, on this, on the X Men podcast, is what is your favorite verse in the scriptures and why? Yeah, well, uh, my my favorite verse is it's actually Romans three twenty four. Uh, then in Spanish said, "Siendo justificado gratuitamente, tenemos paz para con Dios." It, it, it's so amazing that because you have there, uh, and in English it, it says, "And are justified by His grace as a gift." It, it's just you know, in context, is after everybody's seen. And I don't know how you how you got that in English. I'll have seen it in a full show for the glory of God, but it's just that short verse. It, it packs, you know, all that that what we have in Jesus is from. It's a gift of His grace, and and that's kind of my favorite uh, to to meditate on that. That we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption what is in Jesus Christ. So. And yeah, that's my go-to verse in my mind and always, uh, you know, meditating on that and how good and loving our great God is. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Eduardo, thank you so much for coming on the X-Men podcast. It's good to see you, brother. Uh, thank you for having me, Jeff. It's really, really, really a blessing. I've got a good time here talking to you. 
And listeners, thank you for for checking out the Axe 29 podcast. I'd encourage you to leave a review there in your podcast app. The easiest way to do it is you just click on the the part with all the episodes there, and you just click on all five stars and leave your, leave a nice little review for the podcast. And you can find books mentioned and resources mentioned, and you can find links to Eduardo's social media and their church there in the description and the show notes. And remember, let's keep planting churches to the ends of the earth.